my brothers and sisters in the Lord, there was a gentleman by the name of Charlie Boswell. Charlie Boswell fought in World War II. And during the time of combat, Charlie Boswell lost his eyesight while he was helping and saving a fellow comrade from a burning tank. Now after the war, when he returned home, Charlie was always a very athletic kind of guy. And so he decided that he wanted to take up golf. And even though he was blind, he did take up the sport. In fact, he became so good at it that for 16 times, he won the National Blind Golf Championship. And as the years went on, he was given in 1958 the Ben Hogan Award, which was named after a very famous golfer. And so in 1958, he went down to Fort Worth, Texas, in order to receive this particular award. And at, at that time in 1958, Ben Hogan was still alive. And so Charlie got to, met, got to meet Mr. Hogan, and when they met, they began to have this conversation, and Charlie asked Mr. Hogan, would you like to play a round of golf? And so Mr. Hogan agreed, and as the conversation went on, Charlie said, how about we play for money? Now, Mr. Hogan was a little sort of uneasy about that, because certainly Charlie was blind, and he wasn't. And he didn't want to seem to be taking advantage of a blind man. And so he said, I don't know if we should play for money. He said, come on, let's play for money. So Mr. Hogan agreed, and so he asked Charlie, how much are we going to play for? He said, oh, just $1,000 a hole. He said, $1,000 a hole. And so Mr. Hogan began to think, you know, everyone's going to really think I'm taking advantage of this man. But Charlie persisted. And Mr. Hogan came back and he said, you know, I don't know if this would be really right for me to do to play you for $1,000 a hole. It just doesn't seem to be fair. And to that comment, Charlie responded, oh, don't worry, Mr. Hogan. Our tea time is set at midnight. <laughs> Charlie Boswell was a determined man. And I think of that story, my friends, because it reminds me of a man today in the gospel the man that we hear by the name of Bartimaeus. The gospel takes place today in Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples are preparing to depart Jericho in order to head to Jerusalem for the Feast of Passover. Now we have to remember that Jericho is not far from Jerusalem. And so not only would, be, not only would Jesus and his disciples be passing through Jericho, but there would be hundreds, maybe thousands of people on the street passing through Jericho on their pilgrimage to Jerusalem for the Feast of the Passover. And so to be honest, my brothers and sisters, for a blind beggar, this was a great opportunity. I mean, more people on the street meant more business if you're going to beg. And so this was Bartimaeus sitting there in Jericho as Jesus and his disciples were passing by. And then all of a sudden, as we hear in the gospel today, Bartimaeus hears, acknowledges, he knows that Jesus is passing by. And when he hears that Jesus is passing by, what does Bartimaeus do? He cries out to the Lord, which tells us, my brothers and sisters, that Bartimaeus knew something about Jesus. 
We don't know exactly what, but he knew something about Jesus. He heard something about Jesus. There were some beginnings of faith right there. And so he cries out to him, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. Or Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Or Jesus, son of David, help me. And what do the individuals around him do? They hush him. Be quiet, Bartimaeus. Don't bother the master. Because Bartimaeus was a beggar. He was an outcast. No one wanted to be bothered with him. Certainly Jesus should not want to be bothered with him. So go away, Bartimaeus. But he doesn't give up. He cries out again, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. Have mercy on me. Help me. And isn't it amazing, my brothers and sisters, that when you think about it, you had all these people in Jericho, all these people on the streets, all these crowds, sort of like you and I being at a saints game. But Jesus, in the midst of all of that commotion, he hears the cry of Bartimaeus. And he says, call him. Beautiful, my brothers and sisters, because that's what the Lord does in our life. He hears our cry, no matter all the commotion that's going on. And so Bartimaeus comes forward. But very interesting, a little part of the gospel, I don't know if you caught. As Bartimaeus comes forward to Jesus, did you notice what he did? He left his cloak behind. And he came to Jesus. Look at the scripture where he says he left his cloak behind and he came to Jesus. Now that's very important because for a beggar, that cloak may have been the only thing he owned. For someone who lived on the street, that cloak was important. It protected him from the elements. But when Jesus called him, he wasn't worrying about that cloak or his only possession. He threw that aside. And he went to Jesus because he had more faith in Jesus than he did in that cloak. And so Jesus asked him, Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? And of course, as we know, Bartimaeus says, I want to see. Notice, my brothers and sisters, Bartimaeus is not asking for anything that most of us just don't take for granted. I mean, Bartimaeus didn't come to Jesus and said, I want to win the one million trillion dollar Powerball, whatever it was. He asked for something that we all mostly take for granted. I want to see. And Jesus says to him, go, your faith has saved you. He receives his eyesight back. My brothers and sisters, this wonderful gospel today that we reflect upon, I want to propose to you that each and every one of us here in this church this morning, each and every one of us is like Bartimaeus. Each and every one of us can relate to that man in the gospel. Why, my brothers and sisters? Because we know that Bartimaeus was disadvantaged. He couldn't see. Now, maybe most of us here can see, but I want to propose, my friends, that in some way in our life, every one of us here is disadvantaged whether it be something physical, or spiritual, or psychological, or emotional, or interrelational, whatever it may be, there is something in our life that is weighing us down. There is something in our life that we need to bring to Jesus. There is something in our life that we need to have faith that Jesus can heal, that Jesus can make whole, that Jesus can renew. Because all of us have this disadvantage, whatever it is. But what do we learn from Bartimaeus? Although Bartimaeus was disadvantaged, he was not defeated. And that's so important. 
Because so often, my brothers and sisters, when the cross is heavy, we take on a spirit of being defeated. Why God, why? When God, when? How God, how? God can't do anything about this. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. I must give up. But Emmaus, he didn't give up. He wasn't defeated. When Jesus called, he threw that cloak aside and he responded. What about us, my friends? Do we come to Jesus in faith? Or do we have that spirit of being defeated? I don't know if you know the wonderful story, true story about the history of how the Brooklyn Bridge was built. The Brooklyn Bridge was completed in 1883 in order to connect Manhattan to Brooklyn. 1883, it took them 14 years to construct. Two dozen men died during the construction. The main architect was a man by the name of John Robling. And Mr. Robling started it, and for about two years he was the main architect of this bridge, but there was a ferry accident, and Mr. Robling was killed in the ferry accident. And so the main architect then fell on his son, a man by the name of Washington. Now, Washington was certainly not as experienced as his father, but here he was having to build this Brooklyn Bridge that everyone said was just not going to work. And if you know anything about the Brooklyn Bridge, you know that a large portion of that bridge is built under the water. And because of that, back then, they didn't know as much about decompression sickness. And so individuals would be above the water and below the water, and many of them became very ill because of decompression sickness, including Mr. Washington. In fact, Washington became so ill that the sickness caused him to be paralyzed, deaf, and mute. Paralyzed, deaf, and mute. Yet he figured out a way that while he was in his bed, he could communicate with his wife by certain taps on her arm. And for the next 10 years, he completed the bridge by communicating to the workers through his wife by tapping on her arm. Now, my brothers and sisters, he could have given up. He could have threw it in, but he was not defeated. Even though he had all of these things that he was disadvantaged with. The same is true for us. The same is true for Bartimaeus. And because, my brothers and sisters, we are not defeated, then because of our determination, we certainly experience the reward. For Bartimaeus, he had his sight renewed. For each and every one of us, my brothers and sisters, because we are determined, God wants us to bring us to wholeness. He wants us to bring us to life and to that life which is going to be more abundant for you and for me, just as he did to Bar for Bartimaeus. And the question ends, my brothers and sisters, with this. How do we respond to all of that? Well, how did Bartimaeus respond? Bartimaeus responded by leaving everything and following Jesus. I mean, Bartimaeus could have said, I've got my eyesight back. I'm going to go on my way. I'm going back to my family. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to Disney World, whatever it is. But Bartimaeus didn't. Bartimaeus followed Jesus. That is the only response to the goodness of the Lord is being able to follow Him. My brothers and sisters, as we reflect on our own lives, whatever it is this day that seems to be weighing heavy on us, whatever it is this day that makes it seem like Bartimaeus, that blind beggar,
that outcast, that person who is sitting on the side of the road that nobody wants to deal with or nobody wants to speak to or whatever it is, whether it's in our family or our workplaces or our friends, Jesus says, call him. Call you and call me. And my brothers and sisters, how do we respond? Do we throw our cloak aside? And do we come to the feet of Jesus? And if we do, my brothers and sisters, do we have faith that the Lord can make all things new?